Good afternoon, everyone. How's everybody doing today? This is Chill Time is Will Time. I'm your host, William Moore, and happy to be back again to record another episode for you guys. Um, this episode, there will be no guests. It'll just be me um, rolling solo this time. Um, for those who have been listening, I've had an amazing last, what, four or five episodes with great guests, anywhere from my man Ra to my cousin Kenny, to Miss Jasmine Boda, to Jacob Hunt. Some, some really exceptional guests have been able to join me. Um, and in the future, I will definitely have more. But like I said, this time I chose to go it alone, um, as I have before, and uh, just kind of just speak with self. And uh, hopefully you guys will still approve. And if not, too bad because <laughs> I will still occasionally be doing some some episodes on my own. Um, but as I always say, if anybody has any suggestions or anything, please reach out, let me know. Um, with that being said, I am going to go ahead and start the show um, with, as always, how we started off with graduate decisions, uh, some of the dumbest things that we've seen out in public, either in our real lives uh, you know, our personal lives or uh, through the media, so on and so forth, or things that we read about. Um, I'm also uh, interested to see what anybody else's uh, graduate decisions, uh, any, any any stupid material anybody else has out there that they want to share with me. Um, so if you do have some out there, uh, shoot me an email to chilltimepod at gmail.com and let me know what that is. Uh, but for this episode, I want to talk about this. So this is going to touch on the immigrant situation once again. But I just read an article not long ago, uh, and it was in, I think, BBC News. Um, and it was talking about how many of the immigrant toddlers are ordered to show up in court alone. Really? I need somebody to tell me how, how intelligent of a move that is. How, how disrespectful it is. Um, and also how scary that must be for the children. You know, many of these children that are being stripped from their parents can, can, can barely speak English. Some of them aren't even in school yet. Some of them are in the beginning, you know, the early stages of school, either, you know, we're talking pre-K, kindergarten, first grade. 
They're just now learning ABCs and how to write their names. And you expect them to stand in court alone and know how to properly navigate that system in front of a, a, a judge and some state some state attorneys or federal attorneys? Come on now. We can do better than that. Uh, as a country, we can do better at a lot of different things. But as you all have been seeing through the news and through the wire for the past couple years, basically, we don't seem to want to do better. But having having children stand in court alone and navigate uh, an, 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 an immigration, um, not trial, but an immigration hearing on their own is one of the dumbest things that I've ever come across in quite some time. And if you don't think it's dumb, too, I'm gonna, I, I would have to question your intelligence as well. All right. But alas, we're going to move on. We're going to get on to uh, the rest of the show. And I'll let you guys know, for the most part, the rest of the show is actually, uh, it's, it's, it, it, it's politics heavy. Um, it's, it's, we're going to going to really get to the meat of a couple of uh, political issues that I want to talk about, uh, mainly how the Democratic Party treats, you know, Auntie Maxine Waters, state rep for the uh, 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 state of California. And we're going to talk about uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy retiring from the uh, Supreme Court. And we're also going to talk about all of a sudden the Republicans calling for civility. Which, yeah, I know that does sound as oxy- that's it's about as oxymoronic as it sounds. Um, so bear with me. Uh, but one of the things I want to get on to at first, this actually has nothing to do with politics. It actually happens to do with a blog that I read occasionally. So there's a blog that I currently read called Thoughts Parched. If anybody remembers, I've actually talked about that before uh, in a podcast a long time ago. Um, and. Just recently, uh, the author posted an article about uh, the rapper, what's his name, Extension or whatever, who was just murdered, uh, I guess it'd be about two weeks ago now, um, and down in Miami, Florida, looking to purchase a motorcycle. Basically, uh, the gist of the article, um, what the author wrote was that Although the death of the other artist was tragic, that people shouldn't be so quick to forget his past and all that he did wrong and the fact that he has a violent history and that he was due to actually, uh, you know, spend time in in, in in court. And he had actually just spent time in jail over his, his violent history and how he didn't seem remorseful about it and how he bragged about it. Now, if you look at the comments uh, to this article, there was a lot of flack given to given to uh, the author. People really just coming at the author's throat about, you know, why? Why did she have to talk about his past? Why did she have to talk about his past history? How violent he was basically implying that she was wrong for kind of airing out his dirty laundry because he had just passed away. Um, I read the article and it did not come across at all as if the author was was bashing the, 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 the rapper at all. Now, I must say, before I go off you know, and start getting into what I think about this whole ordeal, I really did not know who he was until I read an article on him. And then all this, you know, mess happened and I started kind of reading about who he was, his past history. And I heard a little bit of his music, and I'm actually not a fan of his music. I it just doesn't do anything for me. But nevertheless, it was a soul, it was a human being, uh, 
And anytime anybody, you know, has a loss or is taken away violently, like you, you feel bad for it. Um, but, but, but back to this article, what this article was basically saying, like I said before, is that it was highlighting how a lot of people wanted to forget his past because of how he passed, because of how he died. Um, and my take on the whole deal is I, for, for, so for one, I actually agree. And before people get up in arms or p- before people start celebrating, let me go in, into in, in depth and explain this a little bit more where I'm coming from. So there were many people on both sides. There were people who were applauding the fact that he was murdered and killed violently because they thought that he was a trash human being and that he, you know, he uh, was standing trial for domestic violence. He caused an ex-girlfriend to have a miscarriage. He caused, he beat up a cellmate because he thought that the cellmate was gay. All type of craziness. Nothing that I would applaud or excuse at all. Then there were people um, who were upset that anybody wants to talk about his past. And they wanted to basically whitewash it and act like nothing ever existed. And that you should just feel bad. I like to say that both sides are actually completely wrong on that, in my opinion. And this is what I mean by that. Just because somebody passes away does not excuse all the bad behavior that they are cur- that they were currently doing and that they did in the past. That being said, um, I don't think that we ought to, you know, lambast a person that we ought to bring joy in, in the fact that they were, you know, murdered or killed or anything like that, because that in itself too is actually sickening. You can disapprove of somebody's actions and disapprove of the uh, uh, the type of human being, the type of person they are. But I'm sorry, actually, literally, and, 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 and for, and, you know, for, and in my opinion, you can actually, if somebody is violently, you know, killed or taken away from taken away from this earth, I can even understand if you not if you didn't care, if you had no feelings at all, uh, simply because the individual has a horrible background or horrible past, or is is currently engaged in, in, in unsavory. Um, activities, but to, to to seriously feel glee and joy out of somebody being murdered. I'm sorry, but to me, you're a sick individual. That's sickening. That's sickening. Regardless of what you felt about him or not, that was somebody else's child. And that person still may have had time to turn the corner and change their life. You don't, you don't, you do not celebrate the death of somebody like that. You don't, that should not bring you joy. If that brings you joy, then I question who you are as an individual. And you're, and you're, and to me, your character's in question. Now, the same token, the flip side of the coin, just because somebody dies, you also do not forget. You can't act like this person was a complete angel and forget everything that they did, or especially if they have had yet to turn themselves around. You can't just automatically just be, you know, forget the victims and the, the chaos and mayhem that they caused, you know, during their presence, during their time on this earth. That makes no sense. And if you're in it and for black folks out there, you should completely understand because that's the same thing that we hold over the head of white America. We always talk about how white America likes to whitewash history and whitewash 
what they did to, to, to our people and what they did to anyone of color when they, when, when, in, 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 in the construction of this country throughout history. So to in turn do the same thing for somebody else makes us hypocrites if we're going to behave that way. We cannot pretend like he was some innocent person. We cannot pretend like he didn't, you know, cause the loss of, you know, the loss of a life and a miscarriage. We cannot pretend like he didn't cause mishaps or mayhem. That's like whitewashing history. What we can do is feel sorry that somebody lost their life and was misguided while they were here on the planet. What we can do is feel sad that his life was taken before he was able to turn it around and figure it out. That's what we can do. In situations like that, it's not okay to, to, to have utter joy at, at, at somebody's death. And it's also not okay to pretend like, especially with, with a person of that type of history, like they didn't do anything because it's dis- like they didn't do anything horrible at all. Or forget the horrible things that they did because that's disrespectful to the victims that they left behind. It's not okay. And if you fall on either side of that coin, you need to do some soul searching and think about your character. That's just being real. And you can, you know, deliver hate at me if you want to. But sometimes people don't like hearing the truth. The truth has never been nice. Sometimes the truth is an angry, mean, nasty, dirty son of a you know what. That's just facts. So if anybody has some input on this, wants to disagree with anything I said, um, agrees with what I said. Holler at me. Let me know. I'd be interested to see what a lot of people had to say about it. But as far as those who were coming at the author over this article um, from the from the uh, article posted by Thoughts Parsed, yo, y'all in the wrong. Like I said, I read the article. I didn't see her, you know, write anything, you know, slanderous towards the individual. I didn't see her writing anything, you know, talking about how joyous it was that he was gone, any of that type of mess. She reported facts. But I guess I shouldn't be surprised that folks have a hard time with facts in the age of, uh, you know, what do they call it? Alternative facts. How the uh, conservative party has dubbed that over the past year and a half. As we move on, I want to get on the, uh, I want to talk about, uh, you know, uh, Maxine Waters, uh, Democratic representative for the state of California. Now, recently, she has come under fire by both conservatives and some of the some some of her Democratic colleagues for the fact that she came out and she, you know, vocally said that in in the wake of Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders not being served at a local uh, restaurant in Virginia called the Red Hen, and in the wake of a couple other uh, Trump administrative officials um, being heckled at movies and stuff like that, that the public should keep it up, that they should keep going. She heard everything from Chuck Schumer coming out and saying that her behavior was not okay and that it was actually un-American. So basically throwing a colleague under the bus. 
even uh and 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 and, and even uh, obviously hearing some flack from the right uh speaker speaker of the house Paul Ryan saying demanding an apology from her now i expect that type of uh attitude from the republican party they've been hypocritical for you know god knows how long um and to that i want to say to speaker ryan before you ever demand an apology out of somebody like Maxine Waters, you need to first demand apology out of the people in your party and the people that your party represent. And from your president, who has Maxine Waters at no point in time did she encourage violence or anything towards anyone or to any of your colleagues. But your president has on numerous occasions. Matter of fact, at one point in time this past week, Maxine Waters even pulled out of pulled out of a list citing all the different quotes that President Trump has used inciting violence amongst people who oppose him just this past year alone, and even citing when he said those things. Just so people would know she wasn't pulling them out of nowhere. But yet you stay mute that whole time and didn't, didn't say a word about, about his negative behavior. Now, because someone else wants to give you a little bit or give your party a little bit of what y'all, you guys have been in and your constituents have been getting everybody else. Now it's a problem. Now you're hurt. Now you feel your feelings are fragile. Now you're wanting apologies and there's been a call for civility. How dumb do you sound? But I'll tell you what, who I'm most disappointed in. I'm actually most disappointed in the leadership of the Democratic Party being like people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. You all, your time is over. You have been some of the most spineless individuals to represent us in quite some time. No courage, no fight. Um, and I think that that's evident too, especially in how Nancy Pelosi handled... I am sorry that I forgot the young lady's name, but she just ran an excellent, she's in New York, just ran an excellent um, race um, and beat out and beat out, uh, beat out a man who was supposed to be the face of the Democratic Party. Nancy Pelosi went as far as to say as an outlier. No, I'll tell you what, she's not an outlier. What she is, is she said everything that everybody here that... You, Ms. Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, who are supposed to represent, and all you other uh, reps, congressmen and women in the Democratic Party, everything that you guys are supposed to represent that you haven't been. She actually related to the people. The people heard her and they voted for her. She, I can guarantee, I don't actually, I don't, I'm not sure she's an outlier. I don't know if I necessarily believe in this so-called blue wave that everybody's talking about coming, but I do think whatever seats the Democratic Party does win, they will be more like people who represent uh, the young the young lady who went in New York uh, this past week. For Chuck Schumer, who came out and threw Maxine Waters under the bus and said that she was un-American. No, it's un-American to win a seat. To hold place in a in an office like you do, and Nancy Pelosi do, and a lot of your other uh, colleagues in the Democratic Party do, and not fight for the people. The Republican Party has run a rough shot 
the past couple years, breaking whatever rule they want to do, saying whatever we want to say, degrading people, degrading constituents, degrading other politicians, degrading the Constitution, degrading this very government. And very few of you have come out and, and said anything. And the reason you haven't said anything is because you're sitting comfortable in your seat. It doesn't really affect you like it affects the rest of us. You're living high off the hog, off taxpayer dollars. Even when you lose your seat, eventually, you're going to be sitting cool on a nice little pension, living okay. Meanwhile, the rest of us who are grossly affected by the policies that are being passed by our government, by your inability to stick up for us uh, and really hear our voice, but not only hear our voice and make sure that our voice is being taken into account during this fight and when certain bills are being you know, put forth. I mean, that's, that's about as un-American as it can get. You're out of touch with the people is what it is. You have no idea what people want. Matter of fact, I'll go. I'll even push it this far. I'm going to go this far. You all never really loved anybody. I don't think the Democratic Party ever really loved anybody like Maxine Waters. I think that they tokenized people like Maxine Waters. And the reason they t- I say that they tokenize people like Maxine Waters is because she's a strong black woman who understands the base. See, the Democratic Party doesn't really understand their base. I've said this time and time again. The Democratic Party doesn't understand their base. Only time they actually really seem to act to pretend like they care about our, the base is when it's time, especially when it comes to speaking in terms of African-Americans or minorities, is when it's time to, 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 to get a vote. When, when it's election time and they need votes. See, you can't relate. The only reason you that you set on your hands this long when it came to Maxine Waters is because during times of election, she's able to, she's actually in touch with the base and she's able to energize people the way you, you can't. So you're so busy worried about Russia and sex scandals and stuff like that. And I've said before plenty of times on this podcast that minorities, we don't care about that. We care about schools. We care about resources. We care about jobs. We care about disproportionate prison sentences that, that, um, you know, our people are getting. We care about the over-policing of our neighborhoods, police brutality. You guys talk nothing about that. And come election time, you might say a little bit about it, and you do a great job of making it seem like, you know, black and brown people are your priority. But then after you win your seat, the first thing you do is you make sure that we're no longer the priority, and we jump to 10th, 11th, 12th, however far down the priority list. Other things become more of a priority. And then once again, we're left behind even though we win you the vote. And you know our vote is important. You know our vote. The Republican Party knows our vote is important. Which is why they're constantly trying to suppress our votes. This is how important the black and brown vote is when it comes to the Democratic Party winning anything in this country. It took record turnouts of minorities, especially black women in the state of Alabama for, for what's his name? Doug, Doug Jones, the big Roy Moore, a pedophile, a rapist, all racist, any other thing you can say. And he did exactly what 
the blueprint for Democrats has been forever. He appealed to he appealed to the 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 black and brown community, made them feel like somewhat of a priority. And then also he had the help of the Republican Party just flat out showing its ass as being complete racist this past year and after two years. And that was just the right ingredients to get a record turnout of minorities. And with a record turnout, he still barely won that election. Now, mind you, after this election, what have you seen? I haven't really heard much about uh, Mr. Jones, and I haven't really heard um, about anything that he's really doing for the black or brown community in Alabama. Only thing I've been hearing about going on in Alabama um, is, you know, people getting beat up and thrown out of Waffle House. Black folks being racially profiled in Waffle Houses and other restaurants like that. I've heard, you know, Doug Jones say nothing about any of that. If he has, please, somebody chime in and correct me. Feel free to do that. But I haven't really heard him do anything like that. I haven't heard him correct anybody. And that just goes to prove the point. When it's election time, you make us a priority. After you win the seat, you say nothing. You say nothing at all. And like I said, Republicans understand that. That's why they are trying to suppress our votes. But you know what? More black folks are starting to notice that too. Which is why even though, even though black folks still turned out greater than ever the past elections to vote for Trump. I mean, not not for Trump, but against Trump, for Hillary Clinton. And then in some of the, the, you know, with these midterms coming up, you'll still see it. The numbers were still lower than what they've usually been. Matter of fact, you actually saw a few, like I said in the last podcast episode with with Jacob Hunt, you saw actually saw a few more African-American men vote for Donald Trump than, 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 you know, and vote for a Republican president than they ever had. Why? Because they just flat out gave it up on the Democratic Party. There was another at, at my job this past week. I was leaving in the parking lot. There was another, uh, like a little DNC rally, uh, or DFL rally. Sorry, I saw four black folks in that, and uh, four black folks in that crowd. That tells me that they don't care at all, and they are still not reaching out to the African American community. Why? Because it ain't quite election time just yet. Wait as it gets closer to election time. And I guarantee you they'll be out in our neighborhoods in droves. Not confusing at all. So with all of what I just said is what makes it even more ridiculous. That a Democratic Party that as a whole lacks heart and courage to do what it takes to defend its base and its people. would attack Maxine Waters because she is the only one doing what I hear everyday people saying that they want. Everyday people are wanting to fight back. They're mad. They're annoyed with what's going on. They're angry. 
They're ready to mobilize. The hate, the 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 you know, the scheming that the Republican Party is doing, the hate, the scandals that are going on as far as not necessarily with the president, but that we see with, you know, trying to get certain bills passed and th- that type of stuff. I don't hear anybody in the Democratic Party speaking out about that, you know, st- speaking out about that with vigor like Maxine Waters. So if, if you're smart, what you would do is elevate somebody like Maxine Waters, sit down, shut up and move out the way and let her run the show. But who am I? I'm just a regular guy with a podcast speaking his mind. I doubt you all listen to me. You would if you were smart, but I doubt it. Now, moving on to to the next thing that I want kind of want to get on is uh, the Republican Party calling for civility. Um, calling for, you know, for for liberals and, and the left to stop being so mean to their politicians and. Uh, so mean to people in their base. The same base who marches with tiki torches, calls black folks the N-word, calls Hispanic folks racial slurs, wants to put up a wall, wants to racially profile, you know, wants to lock up every chanted locker up for Hillary Clinton every time that they got it. And I'm not even a fan of Hillary Clinton, but I still don't think that that was ridiculous. Women wearing shirts. I've seen a, a photo of a of a lady wearing a shirt saying that Trump could grab her. You know what? These are the same people asking for civility. I need you to think about that for a second. Where was the, the civility when they were acting a fool, running amok, talking crazy? What matter of fact, where's been their civility all this time they've been passing? irresponsible, racist legislation. Where's been the civility with that? Where's been the civility with their, with their president? Making fun of handicapped people, disabled folks. The way he treats women. I didn't, I'm trying, I'm still trying to figure that one out. The same party that's asking for civility is the same party that thinks it's okay to cage up little children on a concrete concrete floor away from their family that causes trauma that could last for generations. Generations. Let me show and let me go into how what I, how um, how generational an example of how generational trauma can work. Um, so let's go into let's let's talk about the African American culture. Let's go into the origins of, 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 of spanking, where spanking comes from. Spanking comes from the fact that many of our ancestors who were enslaved were beaten by slave masters as a form of discipline. That was a learned behavior. So in turn, as we got older, we had children. When we wanted to discipline them, what did we do? We spanked them. We whipped them. We may not have did it with whips on the backs like slave masters did to enslaved people. But we did it with belts, switches, and everything else across butts and arms. 
because it was the only way at the time it was a learned behavior and how to discipline our children so that we knew so that our children a knew that we that you know we loved and cared for them but we wanted to correct them they needed correction now what happens is that became a trait or that became um that became a behavior that was passed down from generation to generation to generation. Pretty soon, four or five generations down the line, parents are whipping their children and not even knowing where that comes from. All they know is it's just a form to, it's just a way of disciplining my child because I want my child to do better. Most of them, it's not even crossing their mind that there are other forms of discipline, uh, you know, to show to discipline their children. There are other skills that develop when it comes to, 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 to correct your child and get them in line. Instead, we fought culturally. We fell on what we knew, and what we knew was whip, were were whippings and beatings. That was something that I thought was interesting when it came to you would see because because culturally speaking, in white America, a lot of them don't spank their children. I'm not saying none do. I'm saying a lot of them don't. Compared to black families who spank their children, a lot of white families do not spank their children nearly as many much, in my experience, as black families do. They looked at it as barbaric and, and, and something that didn't need to be done without even knowing that it was their ancestors that passed that behavior down to our ancestors. Now there seems to be a movement this day and age where people are learning how to 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 handle disciplinary situations a little bit better with their children but whipping you know whipping or spanking a child is still um firmly entrenched in in african-american culture and it comes from and and it's a form of if you ask me generational trauma it comes from a traumatic experience that our great-great-grandparents experienced long ago when they were enslaved now fast forward think about what what these you know, children of, 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 of immigrants are going through right now. They're being stolen away from their parents, put in cages on concrete floors, not knowing what's going on. Parents are being lied to telling their, you know, officials are telling their children that they're going to be taking their, you know, give their children baths, never to see their kids again. Matter of fact, there's even been some cases of some of these same officials I'm sexually abusing and abusing some of these parents and the children that are going through the situation. Now, how, how might that create some form of generational trauma? I'll tell you how you think these kids are going to grow up trusting any form of government or anybody. Some of them are going to grow up very antisocial and reclusive. They're going to be the type that can probably will probably keep their children away from any and everything. And those behaviors are going to be passed down from generation to generation to generation. And what's going to happen is four or five generations from now, we're going to look at a certain group of people, call them antisocial people, call them weird or strange because they don't like to come out in public. They don't like their kids to be involved with anybody that doesn't look like them. And we're going to call them racist or we're going to call them strange without taking into account that, you know what? Nope. That's generational trauma that's been passed down from something that happened in 2018. That's how you create dysfunctional children and families right there. 
and it's bet it better be stopped. It's got to be stopped. Mental health is supposed to be a huge thing these days. We're supposed to be everybody is almost, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I also ha- I kind of have mixed feelings about, you know, when different organizations talk about mental health because they use it. It's it's like a buzz phrase or buzz term now, so that everybody so that they can make it seem like they are you know, cutting edge or, or, or really trying to fix things when the rest of us know who have experience with people in our family who have mental health issues or other people who actually do have mental health issues have known that it hasn't been a phenomenon that has just occurred. It just appeared the past couple of years. It's been going on for decades. Mental health issues have been around for decades and nobody's paid attention to them or people with mental health issues have been invalidated for the longest. So I find it ironic that a country who is now starting to talk more about mental health and talk about how it's so important to address those issues, we're now creating more and more generations, forcibly creating people and forcing people to to develop mental health issues in the form of these children being locked up like they are, like animals. It's not okay. It's not okay at all. And we need to be more forcible and letting our politicians know that it's not okay. We need to start making it uncomfortable for them. So I'm actually all cool with the heckling and stuff like that. Because before they can say that they're uncomfortable with it, the treated, their treatment, the way they've been talked to, before we can say it's uncomfortable going out and fussing at other people like that, I bet it's not comfortable for those children to sit in those cages. I bet it's not comfortable for their parents to be locked up somewhere wondering where their children are and if they're ever going to see their children again. Think about that. Think about how uncomfortable that is. So before we talk about being, you know, civility and politics, let's talk about being civil to the least of us, to the most vulnerable of us. How about that? And that kind of gives me a nice little segue, leads into um, the fact that Justice Anthony Kennedy um, is retiring from the Supreme Court. And the reason I say it's a nice little segue into it, because we all know that, you know, with many of the crazy legislation and executive orders that Trump has been trying to pass, it's really come down to the Supreme Court of different states, different districts and of the nation and whether or not. You know, his legislation is upheld or or banned. And it's 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 you know, it's a big deal. You know, with you know, Justice Anthony Kennedy retiring, there's even talks of repealing Roe versus Wade. For those who don't know that is, that's basically a state's rights or federal you know, rights on whether or not women are allowed to have abortions. Now, although Justice Kennedy um, was a conservative, the fear is that, A, Trump will be able to have, you know, pick two sitting Supreme Court justices um, with filling this vacancy, as well as uh, the Gorsuch pick that he was able to, that, you know, basically the Republican Party finagle or stole from, you know, President Obama, um, and now will be the time for, you know, Schumer, Pelosi, 
and their, you know, other individuals in the Democratic Party that do exactly what Mitch McConnell said. When it came time for Obama to pick uh, another Supreme Court justice. Wait till the midterms. Wait till November. The people ought to have a say in it. And if the people ought to have a say in it. The only way that happens is after the midterms when the people elect their new representatives elect new people to sit in Congress. And after that point in time. And only after that point in time should a new justice be selected. In no way should the standard be shifted or changed. For now, as a, as opposed to when Obama tried to pick Merrick Garland. Or if you want to pick a new justice right now, cool. Merrick Garland should be should be should be confirmed. But if you don't want to do that, wait to the midterms. Now, the jury is still out whether or not the Democratic Party will actually um, have some sort of backbone and vigorously fight it instead of doing a few little sound bites here and there to act like they actually care about what their constituents say or feel. Um, but as I said before, I'll warn them as well. If you don't, you will be voted out. At least I hope so. I really hope you get voted out. Because I can't say any of them have spoken for me in quite some time. All of them have been out of touch. Um, with our base. One thing I can say about the, at least the Republican Party, even though I can't stand them. I think that they're pretty much gone as far right as they could possibly be and they're one of the standards of racism in this country um even though they screw their constituents over as well they at least do a good job of speaking for their constituents at the same time and and fighting for you know at least making their constituents feel like they are fighting for them, even though they pass legislation that always seems to hard, you know, harm their constituents as as much as anybody else. The Democratic Party doesn't even do that. They don't even put on the front that they're actually fighting for us. So we'll see. They got a chance to do this with you know Anthony Kennedy uh, retiring. Um, one thing that I do think is interesting about his retirement is. They found out that Justice Kennedy's son, I guess, is president of Deutsche Bank, the Deutsche Bank, which has known to loan millions of dollars to Donald Trump. Um, now, it could be a reach to say that there's a connection there, but I also feel like with what we've been finding out and what we've been, we've been kind of seeing out of politics in general, the past few years, maybe even decades, it's a conflict of interest. I think just from that connection alone, any any law, any case, any piece of legislation, executive order, what 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 have you, that Trump has made since been, that uh, that he's been in office, that has come down to a Supreme Court decision, should be reviewed or be invalidated. I feel like it should all be done over, um, because. I feel like you can't trust Anthony Kennedy's vote can't be trusted. I mean, even how this whole retirement part came about just out of the blue. Um, I, 
once again, I don't know what to say about, I don't have a lot of, I don't have, I, you know, is any more info on it than anybody else. Um, so I can't, it's not like I'm speaking from sitting in front of, you know, this plethora of information that nobody else is privy to, but personally, I, I, I don't have a good feeling about it and I feel like something is up. Like I said, maybe it could be nothing at all, but everything has been just so ridiculous, so unsavory, so dishonest, so slimy with this administration. Can't help but to think that there's something going on with that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the Democratic Party does as far as sticking up for us. I know the Republican Party will still do what it's been doing. Um wreaking havoc on American citizens, running roughshod, um, fooling Republican constituents and making them think that they'll fight for them when they're really not. I don't know how many times I have to repeat it, but newsflash, if you are somebody that votes Republican, if you are not wealthy, they do not care about you. Period. Um, But as always, I'm sure you all listen to me and I'll I'll just be some, you'll call me what a, a dumb lefty, dumb liberal, whatever be the case. Um, but yeah, that that essentially, you know, I mean, that's that's what I have for you guys today. I really kind of wanted to, you know, talk about that. I wanted you guys to sit and think about that. Um, I know two weeks in a row, two, two weeks in a row, we've been politics heavy and we've given everybody a lot to think about. But it's important. Um, I I believe that we're at a very pivotal time in our history um, that could go one way or the other. And right now, I think we're going the wrong direction. And I don't think it's even close. I think if I was to compare this to uh, to a boxing match, this is like. Juan Manuel Marquez and Manny Pacquiao four were, you know, in that fifth or sixth round, Marquez looked like he was in trouble. That would be the Democratic Party. That would be the rest of America that actually has some sense. And 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 Pacquiao being the Republican Party, being Donald Trump, they're in control. They're winning. They're doing whatever they want. And what we need is we need that that one perfectly placed punch that right hand that right cross that Marquez put to Pacquiao's face that put him to sleep knocked him out to win the fight American citizens who are who are about equity who are about gender rights who are about financial stability health care for everybody who are just good-hearted people who morally feel obligated to each other and about helping each other out, we need that perfectly placed punch to win, um, to get back in this fight. Because right now, we are not winning it. We are not really in this fight. We're losing. We're losing on points. That's why I say, you know, everybody's talking about this blue wave. I got to believe it when I see it. Because everywhere I turn, every time I look in the news, Republican Party seems to be winning another battle all the time. 
So before I, I, I talk about a blue wave, I need to see it. Come these midterms in November, there better be some seats turning from red to blue. Better be a, a, a Marquez right hand coming to the Republican Party. Or we may see the downfall of this country. Um, and I really mean that. You're going to see the fall of the American empire. And I do say empire because we do behave like that. So for, the, for, for those of you who have an issue with that, too bad. But then again, maybe that's what we need. All great empires fall at some point. They eat well. They get fat off themselves, get lazy, start stop paying attention to detail. And as they say, it's the little fox that destroys the vine. Tea Party, the Republican Party, they have been little foxes for the longest. They've destroyed enough of the vine of our, demo, you know, our democratic fabric in this country. And they're doing a hell of a job doing it. They're turning our government into an authoritarian government. That unless we do something about it, we show up in a big way, may not be able to be reversed for generations. So, um, don't mean to have this episode end off all gloom doom, but I'm just trying to speak facts and let you guys know it's time to get the work, time to do something, it's time to vote a lot of politicians out, not just Republican politicians, vote a whole bunch of Democratic politicians out as well and replace them with different, different Democratic politicians who actually stand up and speak for the people. And if we don't do that, Then every bad thing that comes, we got to respect, accept responsibility that we brought it up on ourselves. So with that being said, hey, I'm going to leave y'all with that. It's been great sitting here recording again today. As always, you guys got any questions, comments, you want to check me on something, send me an email to chilltimepod at gmail.com. If you want to be a guest on the show Give me a shout out as well. Um, next couple episodes, I will be having some more guests on. Um, I actually, one of the guests I'm actually pretty excited about is uh, works in a local comic book shop that I go to. Um, she gets, she always has the greatest recommendations of uh, a good books I need to pick up. So I thought it'd be cool to do a whole episode just on that. She's really funny, really bright, real cool lady. And I can't wait to bring her on uh, to speak with you all. So, uh, and I got some other great uh, guests in mind uh, that will be joining me as well. So, with that being said, I appreciate every last one of you that continues to listen, contribute, and spread the word about the podcast. Please keep doing that. And I'll keep trying to do my best for you guys and also keep trying to bring you great content as well as great guests. To, to sit and talk with on the show. Um, with that, thanks for listening, and I'm out. If you can just get your mind together, then come on across to me We'll hold hands
eyes and then we'll watch the sunrise from the bottom of the sea. But first, are you experienced? Or have you ever been experienced? Well, I am. Well, I know, I know, you probably scream and cry that your little world won't let you go. But who in your measly little world are you trying to prove that you're made out of gold and uh, can't be sold? So, uh, are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? Well, I have. Let me prove it to you.